This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, David Moore, and I'm joined again this evening by the usual suspects of Andrew Grizzly and Tom Ward. We're also joined this evening by a very special guest, a member of current Sky Blues squad. Our guest this evening started his career at Scunthorpe and had spells at Ebbsfleet, Stevenage and Peterborough before making the move to the Sky Blues. He has been instrumental in helping the Coventry team achieve promotion as champions this season, scoring 15 goals in 33 appearances. I'm obviously talking about the striker, Matty Godden. Matty, thank you for taking the time and you know sharing your Sky Blue story with, with us and our listeners. Yeah, no problem, boys. I'm, I'm pleased to be on here. Fantastic. And uh, like I say, I'm sure we're going to spend a lot of time this evening talking about the fantastic season that Coventry have just had. The thing that I did want to start off with is is pretty much where your career began. Um, you started and grew up in Kent. We just thought it'd be nice to sort of tell our listeners about your upbringing um, and how you sort of got into football. Oh, I was. I've always I've always loved football. Like I, I started, I think, probably since I've been able to walk. I used to go over the park and all that, and and play with my old man and. Um, we was lucky because there was a little little football club called Faversham Strike Force that were taking on or doing like little sessions for four year olds, five year olds at the time. So I used to I used to do that in my my baggy Arsenal kit that was five sizes too big for me. And yeah, I, we loved it. I loved it. And uh, I, for, ever since then, that was it. Was been a dream to like try and try and play football like every young kid. And um, obviously, I've I've managed to do it. And who did you kind of grow up watching um, in terms of a team? And, and did you have any sort of heroes growing up that you watched on the TV? 
Uh, well, I've, I'm a I'm an Arsenal fan. My uncle, my uncle, uh, um, instilled that into me and just said, "Look, you've got to support Arsenal." He's a massive Arsenal fan. My old man's a Wolves fan, but purely for the fact that it was the only top that my nan could get him at the time. <laughs> so, um, he's, he's a Wolves fan, and I'm, I weren't going to support Wolves, um, being obviously with Arsenal flying uh, back when I was growing up. So sure. yeah, I was a, I was an Arsenal fan, and um, yeah, I just ever since then I just followed followed them, and then the likes of Thierry Henry and Wright. I used to have Ian Wright up all over my wall, and um, that them sort of days. And you moved up to Scunthorpe, age fifteen, after be, after being offered an apprenticeship. Um, was it a tough decision, to sort of move away from home at that young age? I wouldn't say I had too long to think about it, if I'm honest, because uh, I was I was at a soccer school down home. Um, it is it, we used to call it Billy Bones because that's the guy that owned it um, mm. and runs it and still does now. But it's called First Touch. First Touch Soccer School. I think you might have changed it slightly to like academy or something like that. But at the time, I was um, I was in year eleven at school, so coming up to obviously GCSEs and and that sort of thing. But I hadn't really had a look in anywhere or any pro clubs. So I was playing for for a Sunday league side down home, and um, he he come to watch. He was just doing some scouting because his aim was to to try and coach what he thought were the the better kids of mm. our age group. Um, so we'd play for our Sunday league side on a Sunday, train with them on a Friday night, but on a Saturday morning, he would he would take a coaching session. There's there's loads of them about now, but he, he kind of started it down down where we was because there's obviously limited number of clubs. It's only Gillingham, yeah, really, in sure. Kent and Cholton, which is still South London. Um, mm. So he, 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 he built, built that up and I was, I was playing for... Like I said, my Sunday league side, and he uh, he approached my dad, and um, he he come round to our family home and just sat us down and and told us what he was all about and and what he wanted to do. And basically, we uh, we I had the coaching from him on a Saturday, and he, he's still probably to this day one 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 of um, one of the better coaches I've had in my career, even at the numerous pro clubs I've been at, and. Um, then in the half terms when we was at school, like the weeks off that you get or or like a bank holiday or the, the summer holidays when we used to go on bigger tours, but we used to tour the country and mm. we used to have a big double decker, nice coach and us lads would be at the top messing around and and the and the dads would be downstairs and, and they'd love it because they could have a few beers and and us boys would would relax up the top and then We'd say we was going. We used to go to the northeast a lot, so we used to go and play like Newcastle, Sunderland, mm. um, uh, over like a, a free night uh, weekend. But on the way up, we'd play the likes of Leicester, Rotherham, um, and and then on the way way up to this uh, this tour, we 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 which we actually played Scunthorpe, and um, I scored I scored two goals and mm. and that, and made them aware of myself. Um, and uh, I think it was actually the following half term they wanted to play us again, and um, we we we'd done another tour, um, not as long, only a couple of nights, but that that sort of way again. I think we played like Forest and and Derby, and then again Scunny on the way back, and I scored two again, and and they offered me a, an apprenticeship straight away, and 
and I was the first person to get that at Billy's. He, he, we only had 15, 15, 16 lads at the time. Mm. Um, and, he, and he's grown that soccer school to probably 200 players now. And they tour, the, they tour Europe, not just, not just our country. And um, so, yeah, with, without him, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. Mm. And when you go somewhere at that age, what do you do? Do you sort of stay with like another family or, cause obviously you're very young, aren't you? I guess. Moving yeah. We, we well, I was really fortunate because there, there was four of us that were in digs. Um, and there, there was no digs available at the time. No one wanted to take lads in four lads into, into their, into their family <laughs> home. Yeah. So we, we, we was actually panicking and, and struggling and Scunny was, was struggling to, to house them. So, so Tony Dawes, the, the uh, youth team manager, had to have us in his house for what he thought would only be temp- temporarily, but actually turned out to be a, I basically stayed there for, oh, I think a year, 18 months. Mm. Um, and for the first year, especially we had, we had four, uh, four of us in this one, one big room. And it was, um, I didn't really have, that's what I didn't really have time to think about it. Um, yeah. because it, I, I go straight up from school where everyone else is doing their GCSE. I did my GCSEs, but I was doing my GCSEs knowing that I was going up to play football. Um, and and it, it took a bit of pressure off me. Don't Not to say that I didn't concentrate for my exams. I mm. did. Uh, yeah, of course. the sort of person my old man is. <clears throat> um, but uh, I literally, all the, everyone was out um, like partying and, and doing what they, and just messing around with their mates after school and I did my exams and and had to start pre-season. I think ten days later, so I had no yeah, time wow. to think about it or or spend time with my mates. It was literally a drive up there, get dropped off, and and, and into pre-season. Mm. And you struggled a little bit with injuries during your youth career, but you did get offered a professional contract in two thousand and nine. Um, were you sort of worried at any point that your injuries were kind of holding you back from getting that professional contract? I think I think I I did start to worry, yeah, but. The, the injuries, I, I picked up most of my injuries in, in my YT in my first year. Um, and they, we purely put that down to it. It was like, like ongoing, like knee, knee, knee pain and things like that, when, which like wasn't showing up anything on like scans or anything. And they put it down to purely, I've grew up since, like I said, since I was four years old of training once, sometimes don't even train. Um, and then turn up and play on a Sunday with my Sunday league side to go in full-time football training every day at youth level. It's mm. not like when you're, when you're a pro and you, you, you train on a, a Monday, Monday, Tuesday, have Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday, and, and have Sundays off. It's not like that. As a YT, you train every day, three times a day, and you're not allowed to leave the building and, until probably four or five o'clock because back then you had to make sure all the jobs were done. I had six pairs of pros boots that I had to clean, um, balls, bibs and cones and, and, and boys don't have to do that nowadays. So we, yeah, we wasn't leaving until four or five o'clock and, um, yeah, it was, it was hard work and they, they put that down to my body breaking down yeah. because of not being used to like the full-time football, whereas there's lads already in the youth team that had come through the, come through the system and, and still, still today academies train three times a week. And then over the next few years, you went on to make a number of loan spells. Um, how did these spells sort of help your development? It probably made me the player that I am today. Mm. Because uh, my first my first loan spell was my first year as a pro. 
and I joined the team at step six, I think they were, maybe step seven in Brigtown. Yeah. Um, like a local side to Scumfort just so they could keep an eye on me. And I was turning up there, a scrawny little kid, basically, um, <laughs> that was going into men's football. And um, luckily, I, I took to it and accepted that I was going to get battered and bruised. And 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 that's made me who I am today. I'm not scared to, to chuck myself about now and, and, and get wax. And I think, yeah, I put it down to, to going out on loan to, to teams like that, lower it right down the pyramid. Mm. Um, where you're playing against players that some players I was I was sharing a gesture with people that would go out and have a fag at half time at <laughs> that sort of level and yeah. it opened my eyes a bit as well that there's having four or five pints uh, after a uh, after a home game and and crates of beer after an away game it, oh. it uh, yeah it really opened my eyes but it probably made me who I am to be fair yeah. Was there a particular club that you enjoyed the most, Matty? Um, I imagine it was nice being near a home, near Ebbsfleet and in, in Dartford. Yeah, I loved them two spells there. Yeah, I, I loved it because um, mainly because they were the the highest level that I played at at the time, and I just wanted mm. to see if I could, if I could do it. And obviously, I, I started um, started very well at both on both loan spells and, and scored. Um, scored for them but only spent a month or two with them mm. uh, at, at the time um, but yeah I loved it. it it brought me back to back back home to my family and um, it was the first time I could spend some actual time with my missus properly uh, we'd probably <laughs> been together four years and we used to seeing each other once every six weeks or something like that so um, yeah no it's and it it made me really enjoy my football yeah, and you made the permanent move to Ebbsfleet in May 2013. How did that come come about, Matty? We'd just been promoted from uh, League Two um, with Scunny. Uh, I think we, in the end, we we should have probably won the league, but I think we ended up we might have ended up third. Um, yeah, but I didn't I didn't really feel massively part of it. I had a loan one loan spell. When Brian Brian Law started off there as a manager, I had a little little injury at the start of the season, which was really unfortunate because uh, he he even said himself that I was I was starting that first game of the season if I hadn't picked up a niggle, um, and um, yeah, it's, it was just it was just one of those things. I went out on loan, done well, come back, um, and then Russ Wilcox got the job and. Um, I, I really enjoyed it under under Russ, but was the team were on a ridiculous run. I think they they went unbeaten for like thirty games. It was a club record. It was it was silly, and I was just on the bench or not involved. And as much as Russ loved me, I, I just had to accept the fact that the the, the boys are on fire, and that, that that's part of football. And I, I got sniffed to, towards the end, and uh, slightly in the middle as well. Um, and it and it come to the end of the season, but obviously at that that stage, I think I was probably twenty two. Mm. Um, so all Scunny had to do were offer me exactly the same wages as what I was on, um, because of the that this Bosman rule and the the compensation thing, um, mm. and that's exact that's exactly what they did, and and I wouldn't say it hurt me because that's the wrong word, but it. 
I did, it didn't really annoy me either. I was just a bit, I was a bit gutted in a way, and it, it yeah. sounds wrong, but I, I wanted to be let go, um, and that, that sounds so wrong, considering we'd just been been promoted and it was, was a League One, but I'd have been at a League One club at the age of 22, 23, mm. not really played a game, just just purely for an ego. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. how I'm seeing it. Like that, you see it so many times nowadays that lads just for their ego they stay at League One, League One clubs and pick up the money, don't they? Yeah, pick up their money and yeah. and and they're not going to really go if they get released at that age and they're going to really struggle in life. Um, mm. it's, it's the money's not the money's not great when you when you've come through come through somewhere like that and not really done anything. As much as managers loved you, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and so. I, I, I went back and and I, I I just said to Russ like he said what what do you think obviously or we want you to sign it I said I'm I want to go and play football like all the time mm. I said not these loan spells and I said can you have a chat with the chairman and see if they can do something and and he phoned me back a couple of days later and said look the chairman's agreed that you can you can go you can go for free they won't they won't take any compensation or anything like that they just want a fifty percent sell on. Um, mm. and absolutely agreed to that and I, I went and signed um, signed at Ebsley and um, then then I enjoyed probably uh, like really really started to enjoy my football and I, I think that's probably because I was down home Yeah did it help your football get a consistent run of games? Yeah m- massively you, you go from going on loan spells scoring a load of goals getting getting called back because you're scoring a load of goals after a month, two months, yeah. to being on the bench again. And just it's just the inconsistency to it is is horrible because you guys have seen me play. And if I yeah. if I get if I get on runs, I feel like I'm gonna score in every game. And it's yeah. it, it's horrible as a striker. A lot of the strikers are the same and you just want to carry on playing and obviously you're on loan so they're entitled to call me back. Um, but as a, as a player and a selfish point of view, I, it was it was it was annoying and frustrating. So when I can go, when I could go, and albeit dropping down the leagues, mm. um, I knew I was going to play more or less week in week out, enjoy my football, and and start re- rebuilding my career to to try and get back to where I left Scunny and well, eventually higher now. Yeah, especially as a forward, you need to be playing games, don't you? You need to be getting that consistent level of performance going, don't you? And, exactly. and like you said, yeah. you, you score in batches quite a lot, don't you, Matty? Yeah. So, yeah. so it, when you're playing week in, week out, that's going to help you no end, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100% that. And that's, that my game is is, is, in, uh, is exactly like that. I'd, yeah. I'd go games with, I'd probably go four, five, six games without scoring and then would score in the next six or seven games. It's, it's mad. I've always done it throughout my whole career. The year that I, I scored thirty odd goals for Ebbsfleet, the year that I went to Stevenage, I I didn't score for the first eight nine games. I don't think. Then mm. I scored a couple, didn't score again, and then I scored in ten games on the trot. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's mad. When you came back into the football league with Stevenage, you had a really impressive goal scoring record there. It, it must have been pleasing to get that move um, back into the football league after sort of taking that drop to Ebbsfleet. Yeah, it was. That's what I set. That's what I set out to do. Yeah, um, 
and um, it was obviously pleasing. I actually got the call in, I think it was probably March. Right. Uh, from my agent called me um, and just said, "Look, Stevenage, um, Stevenage, want to want to sign you, want to chat." Um, and straight up, I just said, "I don't want to. I don't want to talk to them yet." Because we was on such a good run at Ipswich. Well, right. we such a good yeah. run after Christmas, but we um, we we were top of the table at the time, and we had a job to try and do. And um, I, I didn't want any distractions from from my agent telling me who, who was sniffing around. And all right, Stevenage really wanted to to do something, but I said to Stevenage, "Look, I I will come and talk to you, but I need to concentrate on what I need what I need to do." And, and what we've set out to do here, and I think that's that's one of the things that made them um, really, really want to sign me is the fact that when I, when I put something, when I put my mind to something, I I want to set out and achieve it. And um, albeit we lost in the playoff final at Edgefleet, and I I went and spoke to him straight away, and and, and signed not long after our, our season at Stephen uh, at Edgefleet finished. Yeah, shows you, you know, like you say, committed to that cause and they probably saw that professionalism coming through. Yeah, 100%. They, you don't usually, you are, I wouldn't say you'd probably get that too much at, at 23, a, a, a lad turning down the opportunity to speak to <laughs> yeah. a, league, a league club from, from a Conference South club. But I felt that obviously I was contracted to Edgefleet at the time and, and my mind needed to be fully focused on them. And then you you made the move um, to, to Peterborough. Um, we recently spoke to Dara. Um, he was really complimentary towards you, just as both as a professional and on the pitch. What what was your time like at Posh? Uh, I, I I loved it. Yeah, uh, it was well the first two months of the season. I was arguably playing at the leading up to that time some of the best football I've ever played. I, I started yeah. really really well there and um but um yeah i've got to be careful what i say it is um obviously steve being steve he's an interesting character in 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 the game um and and obviously we we had i wouldn't say like big differences but i didn't agree with the way that things were put across and and comments made it uh, made towards me after a certain game um, I, I didn't feel that was right and then obviously he he, sure. he, lost, he lost his job in in February um, or whenever it was and yeah and then Darren Ferguson come in and again I got on really well with with him and his and especially his assistant Strax and um, I scored a couple of goals for him when he was in charge but his 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 main his main man at the time and, and obviously this year and uh, was was Ivan and Ivan that has done brilliantly this year and for whatever reason we, we couldn't um, as a as a combination we we, we couldn't enjoy uh, games together we get on really well off the pitch but it, for whatever reason it didn't click on it okay, uh, yeah. and uh, he wasn't scoring when, when I was playing and I wasn't scoring when he was playing but when neither of us were on the pitch, we both we both uh, we both seemed to score. So um, that obviously Darren's number one was was Ivan, and then um, 
come come the end of the season again i had a chat with the gaffer and and just said look if if it's going to be like this I, i'd like the opportunity to go and play elsewhere and where i'm going to know that i'm going to get a decent run of games at, especially at my age now um and he, he understood and as he he reiterated that he, did, he didn't want me to go um but if if it meant that i'd play every week which he couldn't guarantee then he understood and and obviously they spent a lot of money in the summer on um, Moisa as well. And sure, yeah. And then I, I knew that that was probably my cue to have another little chat and just say, look, I don't want to be playing not second fiddle but third fiddle to yeah to to two strikers. So I, I'd definitely like the opportunity to go and 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 that's where Peterborough and what Darrow and Barry Fry are, are unbelievably good at. Um, and I, I couldn't speak highly enough when they, if you're a young player going to that club, yeah, if you do well or or you want to if you want to go, they will get you out of that club and they get the best deal they can for them, yeah. But also, you you, you tend to get a better deal where you're going as well. So, from from that respect, they sign a lot of players from non-league. But they didn't have to make a lot of money from from doing that as well. Yeah, of course. And this is probably moving on now to the bit that all of our listeners have, have been looking forward to hear. But you finally sort of made the move to the Sky Blues, August 2019. Just yeah. talk us through that sort of move and, and how quickly it came about and, and perhaps that transition period. Um, ridiculously quick. Um, we was It was actually the, f- the first game of the season. Um and obviously, last everyone knows, last last preseason it was when, obviously, I lost my mum and everything like that just before we was due to go back. I had a real stop-start preseason. I had a little ongoing niggle from the season before, which which didn't help. But I was still training, and then obviously with what had happened with my mum and having, I probably only had a two-week two-week preseason, which was it's obviously not not enough. Um, and I was. Oh, I don't think I was in the squad for the first game of the season. I was I was fit, but wasn't I wasn't yeah. um, I wasn't wasn't involved, which is understandable because of the situation that was what that had gone on. Um, and I was I was just in the stand just before the game, and one of the lads come and come and got me and just said, "Barry wants to chat with you in his office." And I thought they were having me on. I was like, "What?" Yeah. It's like why, why now? It's like t- the lads were in ready to. To go, yeah. To, to get there, they were just literally doing their pads and boots, and they were walking out of the tunnel for the start of the season. I was like, Baz, what, like, what's up? And he said, Oh, we've um, we've had obviously because of the Portsmouth thing and the, the Portsmouth scenario as well that got turned down. They, uh, he, he just wanted to just say, look, but Portsmouth is a no go, but we're yeah. uh, country of coming. What do you th- what do you think? I said, I want to go straight up. I just said, I want to go. He said, what about the situation with like the family and everything? And I said, it's two good opportunities to turn down. I said, it's a huge club. Um, and straight away he was like, right, okay, it's not finalised yet, but um, keep your phone on you over the weekend. And uh, I was, I, I didn't hardly watch the game, to be honest. I was just looking <laughs> at my phone. And I was, I was looking... Uh, I can't remember. I was sat, sat in the stand. I had Sky Sports app up on my phone. I was just, I was kept on refreshing the the Cov South End score, and, <laughs> and then I, 
then I was like, oh, they, they've won. And obviously Peterborough lost 3-0 at home or 3-1 yeah. at home to Fleetwood. And I was like, oh, here, here we go. Like, right, let's let's see what happens. I drove back down home, back down south like I would after a game. And um, it, I was just constantly on my phone, just waiting, waiting, waiting. And then on the, the Sunday, Baz rung me again. and was just like, look, we're, we are getting close just... Are you, are, you, are you sure? Blah blah. blah. And I said, "Yeah, I, like, I, I want it done." He said, "Okay, I, I, I'll do my best." Then Monday, I was literally about to go out to train, and they stopped me from going out to training. I had my boots on, was walking out to the training pitch, and Baz shouted at me and said, "I don't want you to go and train just in case you get injured in training." I was like, "Okay." Um, why have you heard anything? And he said, "I'm expecting to hear in the next half an hour, and within 20 oh. minutes." He said. Um, can you get to Coventry for tomorrow? I was like, yeah, um, I'll, I'll go. And I literally, um, in that time, my agent was, was speaking with, with, with Coventry and I literally turned up on the Tuesday and there was no more negotiations to be done. It was, it was signed on the Tuesday. So it took three days, I think. (laughs) And, what did you kind of know about Coventry? I know you mentioned about the refreshing of the Sky Sports app, but mm. just in terms of Coventry's sort of, you know, history, but before that, what what did you know about the club? I, I knew from when I was growing up that it was a, uh, it was a huge, huge, huge football club. Um, one of the, one of the biggest in the country. Um, and then obviously like my, my stepdad and my dad, are, uh, my, my dad's, um, likes his football. My stepdad's a massive, massive West Ham fan, and 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 everyone that I just spoke to about it, what just after I'd signed was, or just before I signed as well, was just like this is this is a huge opportunity for you. You, d- you don't realise how big a club this is. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, some of the some of the, like some of the away games and everything that I've been to this year just reiterates what everyone said to me: how big a how big a club this is. Um, you don't usually see many teams in League One sell out basically every single away game we go to and basically turn it into a home game. So, yeah, it was the first time I've had that throughout my career and and something that I've, I think makes me play, makes me play better. I, lo- I love playing in front of a, a big crowd and, and especially when the away fans are packed into an away end or of, I've got more away fans there than home fans that we've had a couple of yeah. couple of games this year and 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 turn it into a home game and you're listening to Sky Blues Extra. And you mentioned obviously joining kind of one game into the season. Um was it strange not having a sort of full pre-season with the squad? Uh yeah, I think so. Obviously like I said, it was it was weird not having a pre-season anyway. Um I don't like to miss training sessions as it is, so to miss a good massive chunk of pre-season at, yeah. at my parent club at the time, but then then to move um, as well, it, it was it was very uh, it was very weird. But the gaffer come up to me after my, um, I think, yeah, it was my first training session on the Thursday. He come up to me and just said, "What what." what do you think you could give me? And I said, how, what's your pre-season been like? And I just, I was just honest with him. I said, it's yeah, been non-existent basically, but I'm, I'm quite a fit lad anyway. I'm, I'm one of those that get back into it pretty quick. And he said, yeah, I can see that. Mm. But, but how long do you think? And I said, well, maybe half hour, 
half hour on Saturday, and that was against Bolton, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, and then, and then build it up from there at, at Exeter and in, in the cup where I can uh, yeah. get a decent, decent uh, amount of minutes then. And he uh, he, he done that, and um, yeah, we built my minutes up there. I started at Exeter, obviously, and and yeah. scored, and and then managed to stay in the side then. Um, and just build up my minutes that way. Mm. And when you arrived at Coventry, how did you sort of settle in? You know, were the lads quite welcoming to you? Yeah, easy. Straight away, I was. I went. I went looking for 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 properties around around Leamington on my first day. I remember. Oh, really? I bumped, uh, yeah, I bumped into a few of the boys that were that had just been for a coffee, and they said, "Oh, when you um, if if you stay around here, we 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 go for a coffee and that and." Um, jump on board, and we've been for we go for a coffee nearly every day now. So, yeah. um, a, a load of us. So, yeah, I, I settled in really well. And um, I think if you don't if you don't find it easy to settle uh, in the group of lads that we've got, then then you're struggling. Any dressing yeah. room, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We've 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 kind of heard that time and time again, really, on on the podcast that the sort of yeah. togetherness of the lads and yeah, you know, everyone's really close. Do you have anyone sort of in particular that you're close with from the squad? Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anyone really. Obviously, I get on. I get on really well with with everyone. We all get mm. on so well. We, we're such a close group. Um, we've obviously got the coffee club, which is like me, Fads, um, Jamie Allen, Ben, uh, Rose, five side team. Yeah, Dom. <laughs> Dom comes on his way home as well sometimes, and obviously shippers because it's local. So yeah, but everyone, like I said, everyone's so so close. And in some of those early training sessions, um, what were your thoughts on the style of football that Robbins and ADV Vesh were instilling onto the pitch? For, for League One and League One clubs that I've been at at the time, I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around how, how much football they played when I arrived, and to the fact that where Marco rarely kicks it over yeah. the halfway line, and um, you've you've got to be a brave side, brave manager, brave coach to do that at League One level. Um, with the teams that you with the teams that you come up against that really try and put you put you up against it and and stick it on you and um, but with the players that they've recruited and and the players that they they brought in and and that we've got I think that's probably the only well it, it was the only way we could play last year mm. um, our plan B was a was a change in formation but still to change the uh, still to play the same way um, and. And that's that's what we've done, and and we every single player bought into it, and that's what we want to do. That's football, the enjoyable way. It's not yeah. obviously uh, there's no disrespect to to teams in the league that 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 like to get the ball forward because that might work for them, but for yeah, us, of course. our players, it's it's how how we all want to play, and and we feel football should be played uh, on the floor and and exciting exciting football, and I think we've we definitely showed that this year. And were there any players that stuck out in terms of their ability when you arrived at the club, Matty? Um, obviously, there's there's so much ability in the squad. Mm. It's it, it's scary, but um, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say we really had a massive, massive standout standout player. Obviously, Walshy. Yeah. He arrived after I arrived, and he is yeah. he is the best player that I've ever played with. 
and a lot of players would 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 probably say that some of the stuff he does in training is scary um or done in training is scary and um he he was unbelievable and how he weren't getting in the Bristol side I'll, like all us boys would never would never know because like, like I think he will now don't you yeah, <laughs> like, like fad said um fad's Fads has been around the block and he don't nickname yeah. anyone Messi for no reason and he nicknamed him Messi <laughs> uh, for, for some of the amazing runs that he goes on and his yeah. passing range is phenomenal and but then yeah you've got di- different players obviously he, he was a joke he was a joke and then you've got you've got funky right back that's like an absolute machine yeah. Um, but yeah I, th- I don't think there was really like a other than other than Walshy, really, there's a huge like, wow, like he could go for yeah. st- stupid amounts of money. Do you know what I mean? It's just mm. Frankie was obviously so so, so good. R- like all the back, everyone. I, I can't, I can't put my finger on like an individual. Yeah, and one of the early games which sticks out in my memory is the Portsmouth away game. That was some game, wasn't it, Matty? Oh. Um, that was crazy. That was that had everything. Mm, it was um, from taking the lead and deservedly so to playing some unbelievable football, especially first half. Mm. I think we 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 could really really turn them over here to then go in two one two one down at half time. Yeah, and then go down to three one and and then obviously Fanky got it was Fanky, wasn't it? Fanky got sent yeah. off. He got sent off, didn't he? Or was yeah. it Fads? Fads or Fanky? I think no, it was, wasn't it? Was it was Fanky, yeah. And then yeah, Fanky. Yeah, because yeah, I remember the gaffer saying at half time to Fanky, just be careful because you're on a yellow. <laughs> <laughs> on. Five minutes later, he's off. And then obviously, Javain come on and they'd be bit, obviously had a yellow after two minutes of being on. And then and then went for a swim. I remember when he went, when he was. <laughs> He must have slid from 15 yards away and you can see <laughs> head when he's about two yards out from the player thinking, oh no, here we go. Yeah. He's still sliding now, isn't he? Yeah, he's got that scramble gif, isn't he, when he just keeps on going and going and going. <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously he went down and then I managed to put away the pen and mm. and then Rosie had a goal disallowed actually and yeah. that, put it back to three all, I think. And then we obviously we, we could have won it, but um, and then he obviously got another opportunity, Rosie, to to stick it away. And um, yeah, I just remember. I don't think anyone celebrated with Rosie. No, Rosie running off. Everyone just jumped in the air and done their own celebration with the <laughs> crowd. It was mad. I remember standing on the advertising board. Shippers was doing his own thing, and <laughs> yeah, it was mad. Yeah, and, and early in the game, you provided a, a brilliant assist for uh, Jordi Hawula, who he took it away brilliantly. And obviously, later in the game, um, you stuck away the penalty, sent the keeper the wrong way. Must have been nice to get um, an early impact in your Sky Blues career, Matty. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think that was. That, I think that was my first league goal. Was that yeah, league goal? I think yeah, so. yeah. Um, so you scored against Exeter, didn't you, in the cup? That's before. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I. I, I obviously it was was having an input with the side obviously to with assists and and, and things like that and mm. um, it was nice to to get an assist early on for Geordie and um and then when the pen come it was 
I just see that as, as me versus the keeper. I know everyone sees it as a lottery and if the keeper goes the right way, but from 12 yards, if you if you pick your spot and hit it true, then then most keepers won't save it. Um, and that's how I see it. I see it me yeah. versus the keeper. And, and as a striker, I'm, I should 90% of the time score. Um, and obviously I, I scored and, yeah, just those crazy scenes at the end of that game. Yeah, and it's especially against Portsmouth because they're always up there, aren't they, in that league? So to come, you know, back against a side of that quality must have really gave confidence in the squads going forward. Yeah, we we knew, and we knew obviously the teams that were going to be up there come the end of the season, and it's, mm. it's no surprise that they they were, and um, and yeah, you you know the teams that are going to be there or thereabouts, and and to do that and. But some of the football we played, but forget the forget the three all. Some of the football that we played in the first twenty minutes is was was like was was tearing them apart. And yeah, we had know. Rosie on uh, last week, and he said that the, the first twenty minutes was probably the best football we we played all season. It was that good. Yeah, away, especially away at Fratton Park. There's twenty odd yeah. thousand. There's there's a lot of pressure on on them to obviously go and win the game, and mm. but there's just as much pressure on us to try and. Obviously, teams go there to try and stay in the game, and we've gone there and and thought, no, we're not going to try and stay in the game. Here, we're going to take the game to you, and 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 that's exactly what we done. And bar, barring the the sending offs, and who, who knows what would have happened. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And then your next goals came in two entertaining games against Oxford and Blackpool. It must have been obviously nice getting the goals in those games, and especially the Oxford game. That was a, a mad game, especially at the end, wasn't it? With Frank Frankie's two unfortunate own goals. Yeah, that was again <laughs> another another crazy three-three. Yeah, uh, and it, yeah, like you just said, it was nice to to grab a goal and um, a, a decent header and. Mm. Um, but obviously, that that was to take it to two 0 wasn't it? And then they got it obviously back yeah. to two two. And then with with minutes to go, a couple more, well, like a minute to go, it was in added time. I think Cow obviously went through and scored. Yeah. And we thought we, we and again and a team that we knew that out of everyone that we've played this year, they would probably been the team that that matched us football wise and mm. and that that really tried really gave us a problem, especially first half. Um. And then, uh, obviously, like I said, just the, the cow scored, and we was like, right, we're, mm. we're going to come, we're going to come away from a, another rival that are going for it with with three points here. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, they they brought it back to three three. Um, but again, you look at that game, and 
taking a point away at Oxford's never a bad result, but no. the position that we had ourselves in that yeah, we should have probably gone on and saw the game out. Um, but yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll take it 100% now, all day long. And then we played Blackpool at home, didn't we? And we were we were 2-0 down and then I think you brought it back to 2-2 with a brilliant strike, uh, opportunist strike, and then uh, Cal O'Hare won at the end, didn't he? Yeah, again, it's another crazy, crazy game. And we had, we had a couple of them crazy games at home where we even nicked a late goal for a winner or yeah. a late goal to to keep our unbeaten run going at the time. And um, yeah, we obviously went 2-0 down early doors and um, probably deservedly so. We, we weren't great for the first 20 minutes, but then again, we... After that, then again we played some ridiculous stuff that's mm. not not League One level, um, and yeah, we just um, obviously got went in that half time two two with with Wes's goal, and then and then I think second half we we hardly gave them a kick. I remember we just battering and battering on mm. the door, and it was their defenders. I remember their defender saying to me, "He's like." Oh, you boys play some football, by the way. He said, we're hanging on here and we've still got 20 minutes to go. <laughs> we didn't score till the last, virtually the last kick of the game. But again, there's it, some incredible scenes so early on in the season. And um, again, one of the games that we definitely look back on. Yeah. And a few drinks afterwards, Matty, weren't it? On that, on that night, wasn't it? Yeah, night, yeah. Yeah, I remember the picture on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, with me and Cal. And, yeah, yeah, we're class. Yeah, we had a few beers. Yeah, why not? And a, and a bit of a, a blip, I suppose, in the season when you look back, it would be one of the only ones, really. Um, Rotherham and, and then Tramir, just as sort of one of the older heads, perhaps, in the dressing room, did you have to sort of any encouragement for the lads and try and pick up their heads after those defeats? Uh, I wouldn't say like words of encouragement, really. It was just we knew at Rotherham away we were miles off it. Um, yeah. We got we got bullied you could say we got bullied we was we was we were soft and we obviously tried playing in the wrong areas doing what we do we did we didn't come away from that and that's that's what we done and um we got we got overrun we we wasn't good enough on the day and we got we got what we deserved um but so, so we just as lads and as senior lads we just you kind of just let that one go because of what yeah. we leading up to that stage after what 10 12 games we we whatever it was um you kind of just think right this hopefully this is just a blip now and then again after the Tranmere game it's another one that we you didn't really have to say anything because if anyone watches the game we should have won the game 8-0 yeah I know (laughs) obviously if, if I had my shooting boots on I could have probably had about 20 but then yeah, it's just what they, they literally, it was a smash and grab at the end. And I had yeah. people me after the game and because it was obviously live on Sky saying, how the hell have you boys not won that game? They've literally had one shot on target. And that's what Sky showed, that one shot on target. And we, we had obviously ridiculous amounts and, and and come away with nothing. But I know that's football, but exactly. you go on performances-wise, there was absolutely nothing wrong with our performance other than, my shooting boots there was nothing wrong with it and we we started to really accumulate points we were winning at home um and drawing you know some of our away games and then we traveled to top of the table Wickham just after Christmas and it sort of felt for fans that it clicked into place like it even going to that game felt like it could be the first 
sort of away win. Um, was that the case or do you think it was just a matter of it was knocking on the door and it was coming? Uh, we knew it was coming, but we obviously we knew that we hadn't won away all year. We said that going into that game, that was that was a game we looked at. Look, if we can get an away win here, we could we could go on and do something. They're obviously top of the table. Um, we can we can proper put a statement out to the rest yeah. of the that we're going to be there or thereabouts. Um, we obviously hadn't had it in our favour that we hadn't played Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, with the with the unfortunate situation that Berry were in, of course. Um, but yeah, we 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 turned up there, and um, again, some of the football we played, and some of the comments from their players, and you don't usually see Wickham play. You don't see Wickham get turned over four one on their own patch, ever, especially in League Two or League One. No. Um, and, and we turn up there, and because it's it's very easy with Wickham, they're very effective at what they do. They've got unbelievable team spirit, and the way they play, they make it really, really hard for for opposition teams. Um, and not many teams will turn up there, and you, it's easy to get sucked into our Wickham play. Yeah, and we turned up there and just thought, no, we're going to play how we play. We're going to pop it about play out from the back and, and do what we do and, and not come away from that. And that, that's obviously the best thing that we ever done. Yeah. That style just completely, they, they just didn't have any answer to it, did they? they? What they were doing, no, they were all over the, all over the shop and, and obviously we won out three, one winners. No, and, um, obviously the, the hat trick goal, um, it was, you know, still looking back at it now, it was just such a fantastic team goal. Um, but then obviously a great finish by yourself. Yeah, no, that was it's probably my favourite favourite goal of my career, I'd say. Just well, really? probably best goal. Not my favourite goal, but probably my best. Um, I think Tom's still got the bruises actually on his yeah, on back have. from falling down the Yeah, I've got scars <laughs> and all celebrate. sorts from that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't score many goals outside the outside twelve yards, let alone <laughs> around the 20 yard mark. So yeah, to do it one on the half volley with my left foot is, is something that won't happen very often. Did it feel that day that you just, everything that, you know, you sort of touched turned to gold, even the whole team, it just felt like every time we went forward, we were going to score. It just, the confidence levels just looked so high. Yeah, we just, we just knew we got off, obviously with a perfect start with Sam and, um, we just we just knew we was getting so much time and space, and then like like I said, they weren't getting anywhere near us. And then obviously, yeah, from again going back to scoring in in clusters, like like we've said, it's just I've got that one goal and the, the the pen, and then you just feel like that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna score again here. And obviously, I've got the I've got the second goal when I rounded the keeper and. And that was that then. I, got, I remember going in at half time and said to Shippers, I said, oh, if you're running through, mate, just square it for us up and get me out. No, yeah. <laughs> the second half, he's flipped one back through his legs on the volley. And I've, I've managed to connect with it so sweetly. And um, I said to him, I, said, I didn't, mean, didn't mean for you to flip it back through your legs, mate. Yeah. <laughs> from saying some touch from him. And, and uh, yeah, nice finish. And then it was only a couple of days later, we travelled up to Tranmere on New Year's Day. Um, first thing, Matty, what did you think of the pitch when you arrived? 
Yeah, that was <laughs> that took me back to non league days. That did, yeah, but... actually. I know, in fact, that was worse than probably I've ever seen mm. in non league. I've seen some horrendous pictures, but that was something I'd never seen before in my life. It was how the game went ahead, I would never know because yeah. well, and they, I think they had a game called off the the week before, or week yeah, up. I think they had, yeah. It was horrendous, but yeah, no, again, it took some absolute, um, I don't know if you're allowed to swear on here, but it took some... Yeah, you can swear, mate, don't worry. took some bollocks on here, uh, on that pitch, and to go and do what we done. Um, mm. and get on the ball like that, basically like Wickham, but you go, instead of going up to top of the table, you're going to the bottom of the table yeah. the, in the division. Again, you can try and take the pitch out of it and get sucked into to, uh, to playing how they're going to play and and do that. But no, we just thought right, we can we can play on this. We'll show everyone that we can play on this. And again, other than a twenty minute spell um, in the in the second half, fifteen minute spell in the second half when they put under put yeah. some and got back into it, um, we we uh, we managed to play some. Unbelievable football on an, on a cow field. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say we started really well that day, didn't we? We started quickly and we were, you know, quickly into a two-goal lead. They obviously pulled one back just before the break. Um, what did the gaffer sort of say to you at halftime? He just said, "Just, just keep going." Obviously, he was a bit, he was a bit pissed off with the with the goal that was conceded because we was cruising. We literally had showed them nothing, mm. um, and he was a bit pissed off with with the goal that was conceded and. Um, he he just said, "Look, we the next goal is important, and, and let's make sure that it's us that gets it." And um, yeah, we were fortunate that they missed the pen. Actually, yeah, that was a big moment. That wasn't it. Moment, but then obviously Cal come on. I'd only scored one goal up to this point, and Cal said to me, he "Come, he, he, I don't know why he come up to me. He just come running up to me. He was like, God is like, I'm going to get you another ratchet today." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, go on then, mate." And he just went on a little mazy, didn't he? Or mm. went down and it's managed to stop in the puddle and he somehow he got it out of the puddle and, and played it to Cow and he played a, a like an inch perfect through ball for me. Yeah. It in the bottom corner and then he said, Look, I'm gonna go on a little mazy here and you're gonna get a pen. He said, I can feel it. And sure enough, he went on a little mazy and he won the pen and I managed to get another hat trick and yeah. a lot them last two goals probably go to Cow. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot there, didn't he? I would yeah. say that that third goal it was a lovely team goal, wasn't it? With with the assist, and it must be pleasing as a striker when you get a ball like really nicely worked through to you like that, and you just you know you can just bury it, then can't you? Yeah, that's yeah. I literally didn't have to break stride. I, mm. I, know I had to put a little slide in, but that's mainly because of the pitch, and it was getting away from me a little bit slightly. But, um, but I think the slide and everything like that helped helped the finish. Um, yeah, just to put it right in the bottom corner and. And the keeper didn't really have a chance. Yeah, right in front of all the Cough fans as well. Must have been it, nice. yeah. makes, makes it all better, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously that was two hat-tricks in the space of four days. So you must have been starting to think about an extension for your house to, to fit all the match balls in. Yeah, my missus is raging, mate. She is. She, <laughs> she hates all the match balls. But luckily I've got two in a cabinet. I had two in the cabinet um, from my Stevenage days. And um, my missus' mum's got about... 10 match balls at her house from, from my non-league days at Ebsley and, and places like that. But 
the, the special ones were, were framed and in a cabinet. So I had the Stevens runs in a cabinet and I said, you do realise that these balls are, these double hat-trick balls are now going in that and then the FA Cup ball and the Stevens balls, they're going to have to go in there as well, but on top somehow. And she, <laughs> she weren't happy, mate, put it that way. They're still there, but she looks at them every day and she's like, you know they're not staying there. Yeah. Well, they've been there since January now, so they're doing, they're doing well. Yeah, probably the only person not to be happy with your with your two hat tricks at Christmas. I know, yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. The Sky Blue fans have many conversations, and one is about obviously what we'd be like in Championship. And we played Birmingham in the cup, didn't we? And I know yeah. you played in in the cup in both ties. Um, what was it like testing yourself against Championship opposition, Matty? Yeah, it was something we was all looking forward to because obviously we was we was flying high in the league and doing mm. doing really well and um, yeah, it was something we was really looking forward to and um, I think even right, like I, I've said before, like but players speaking to us during the game and when you've got their captain Harley Dean saying to us that you boys play some proper stuff, don't you? Like and mm. um, we, yeah, I think you. Even Birmingham fans would be daft to think that we didn't deserve to go through um, in the tie um, with, with the football that we played and the and the chances and pressure that we put them under. And I know not so much there weren't too many chances for either side in the first game, but mm. God, we put them under some serious amounts of pressure, especially in the second game. So um, yeah, I think we deserve to go through. But then looking back on it, us as boys say it. Um, I've said it that that's probably going out of the cup as much as we'd love the cup run and away to Leicester I know it's such a, a big game for the fans and the club that is probably yeah. in disguise that we lost that game because we would have gone I think it was we would have gone Rotherham 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 Sunderland Ipswich or well, I can't remember the game before Rotherham. What was the game before Rotherham? I can't remember. It was um, was it Rochdale away? <laughs> yeah, Rochdale away. Yeah, yeah. So it, that was another bad pitch, wasn't it? Um, yeah, we'd have gone Rochdale. Yeah, Rochdale, Rotherham, Sunderland, Ipswich. Uh, yeah, but in between it was the Leicester. Portsmouth game. was Portsmouth as well. Oh, Leicester, Portsmouth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So them three games. So it would have gone Portsmouth on the Tuesday. Mm. Then Sunderland on that Saturday, then Leicester, then Ipswich. Yeah. <laughs> would it would have been a hell of a lot of games, wouldn't it? Yeah, and you just think, oh, hold on a minute, we're, we're we're playing our four hardest games of the season, mm. and then we've got Leicester in in a uh, in between them, and it's just that you just think, like looking back at that, that is a blessing in disguise now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and bringing it back to that Portsmouth game, um, that was a huge, huge three points. Um, talk us through that goal that you scored. It was almost like Robbie Keane-esque for us Sky Blue fans against Arsenal, if you've ever seen that goal he scored. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant ball by Cal O'Hare after quick thinking by Dabo with his with the throw-in and, yeah. and a brilliant swivel finish by yourself, Matty. Yeah, well, you can... It was it was quick thinking, like you said, by... by mm by Fanky and you can hear on the video you can hear him shouting cow because cow was looking away at the time yeah and and Fanky shouting cow and I'm shouting cow and cow turns around and luckily the ball's there bouncing towards him mm. and I just said flick it flick it um 
and he flicked it and it was it was coming perfectly over my shoulder and it's quite a difficult quite a difficult finish and um but it's like a a finish that I love because it's I feel that the one of my my better finishes because it's just instinct you don't have yeah. to think about it it's just yeah. it just comes naturally to me and I just I managed to get the perfect connection and it all about right. body shape there and it matter yeah it went right in the bottom corner and yeah um that was obviously the aeroplane come out again after that. Um, What's the story behind that, Matt? It's so boring. The story's so boring. <laughs> it's, it's just stuck. Yeah, me and Shipper. You could have it up if you want. You could just have it up for people. No, it's, it's so boring, but it's been so effective and it's not going to change. Yeah. Um, but Shippers was, me and Shippers were messing around after training one Thursday or Friday before the Donny game. Um, and one of us ran off doing the aeroplane. I said, oh, if we score, we'll do the aeroplane on Saturday. I said, but we need to get everyone on it and yeah. get all the boys to run over doing the aeroplane. And obviously he scored at Donny. And obviously we have done it, me and him have done it. And it weren't until we saw the video after and we're all cracking up on the coach because you can see Fanky in the middle of nowhere start from miles <laughs> away to start doing it from nowhere. And it's just stuck since then that everyone that scores just someone's done the aeroplane running over to them or they've done the aeroplane and obviously it's... it's, it's that it one really winds the away fans up as well, so it's yeah, proper it does, shit yeah, history, isn't it? We yeah, love it, don't we? Yeah, you can do the aeroplane right in front of their fans. And it's, <laughs> yeah, we've noticed you lot doing that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> and then we spoke to Michael Rose recently and he picked out the Rotherham Jurors as a real key result. Um, yeah. How much resilience did we have to sort of show that night and come back to get, you know, a really big point? Yeah, it shows, obviously, the character that that was just growing and growing and growing. We obviously had great character all season with, like, the, the Portsmouth away and, and, and all that. But then your, your characters and your, your character as a team comes out towards the end of the season when you're really needing points and, and you're yeah. going for that that, that promotion. Um, and obviously to go goal, goal down... Um, was that that really brought out our character and um yeah they I know they had the better of the the first half but um again I, we we got back into the game um when I when I managed to score and again we we took the game right to them and we're again unfortunate not to win the game and um but yeah that was a that was a massive massive moment again I, I've just named them four games um for yeah. yeah, three or four games that we played, and they were huge. That that was a huge, huge moment because that kept our momentum going. We hadn't lost for ages since that Shrewsbury game. Um, take away that cup game, and yeah, it was massive. It was massive for us not not to not to lose. That's what we were saying. We need to not lose. We had them four games, and we was like, look, we need to try and get if we can get nine, ten points out of these these four games coming up. Um, like we'd be we'd be right up there, and we probably only need. F- four wins to get us over the line yeah it felt like we made some really big statements all the way through the season we've talked about Wickham um another one that was a, a huge statement of intent I think was sky cameras were on 3,000 Sunderland fans traveling it all felt like a little bit of a, a not must win game but a, another chance to sort of show how good we were against Sunderland what was it like when you you buried that goal and was it just was it relief or just, you know, how did it feel to, to score no, that? Because obviously we've gone in, like I was, I was just saying that that Rotherham game, we've not losing since Shrewsbury. Yeah. We, it just kept the momentum going for us. And 
and we said that we want if we could get nine, ten points out of the game, out of them, out of them 12, 12 games, that's that that would be happy. And we come away with with ten points out of it in the end with that one draw. And and I know we said ten points, but we was probably being a bit bit optimistic there with the teams that we was coming up against. I know we're probably we 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 have ourselves to the best team in the division. Yeah. Um, for the football that we played, but we was coming up against some some big sides and some good teams in the division. Um, and then obviously Sunderland rock up with a packed away end. Um, yeah, and like you said, we just got off to the perfect start, and it was it was again just instinct. Jay put the well, it was a well worked goal again, and Jay put it yeah. right on the path, and again a finish that I like just lowered hard across the keeper, and um, yeah, to get the aeroplane out in front of them lot was. Was was good fun and um, yeah. I'm sure you heard some comments from from where you were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You get you get all sorts of abuse. We just love it. It's part and part of the. Uh, it's part and parcel of the game. So um, I love it, and um, but yeah, all the boys are jumping on you, and it's uh, it, it, again. It, we had a we had a good few beers after that game as well, and um, it was it just summed us up as a team, and then. We uh, we obviously rocked up at at Portman Road the following week and, and managed to nick another one nil. Yeah, and it was almost like a carbon copy of the Sunderland game a little bit. I mean, I feel that we had a lot more. Probably didn't have as many nervy moments. They didn't really seem to to trouble us that much. But like you say, a one nil and 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 the same. Yeah, exactly, exactly the same. It was a one nil. It was arguably with a perfect away performance. They didn't really trouble us at all. Um. And, and and we 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 nicked a goal and away from home it's it's important because it gives you something to hang on to and we we hung on and little did we know that that'd be our last game and and my last goal but um yeah to um, to seal the championship was there a point in time when you felt that actually promotion was sort of playing second fiddle and you actually thought we were going to win the title. And I know that the sort of we've we've spoken. A lot of the lads have said that from day one that was almost the target, and it was always there. But was there a time when you felt we're actually going to do this now? Uh, you look at them games, the Portsmouth, the Rotherhams, when we was when we was taking points off them and drawing with them. You look and you yeah. think, you know, we'd be right up there come the end of the season, and then we beat we beat Ipswich to go seven points clear of a game and and a third. Yeah. Um, and that's when me, we're with speaking in the dressing room, like me, me, Fads, Kells, we're speaking and we're, we're speaking with, with AD and, and people like that. And they're, they're saying, what do you think? And uh, we, we honestly thought we had obviously 10 games to go. Some teams had seven or eight. Yeah. And we physically thought that we needed four games and we would have, we needed to win four games. And that, that, that was us. Um, Five, five, six games we'd have won that would have secured the championship. Um, yeah, which the run that we was on was with some so-called easier games coming up. Yeah, no games easy, but the, the size of the clubs um, that we had played. Yeah, of course, turning up that were, were that were definitely gonna definitely gonna fear us and the run that we was on and and like I said, the run that I felt like I was on it was. It was like I was going to score in every game come the end. Mm. We've heard a lot about how Mark Robbins stayed very calm and he never actually talked about promotion with the players. 
Mm. Um, how instrumental was he in sort of keeping everyone calm and, and focused on the job? He was, yeah, because we didn't we didn't have time to to like to think about it because we had so many. We was playing catch up. Um, yeah, of course. Because of the cut run, we was playing catch up, so we didn't have time to to think about it or do anything like that. And it wasn't until it was really weird because after the after the Ipswich game, when the, the videos now come out of us singing uh, <laughs> yeah. Caroline, it was like after that game, we we kind of knew that we was, like I said, not far away, not many wins away from achieving what we set out to achieve. Um, and it wasn't just us boys that were singing. We, we sing that after every game that we win. Um, and we we all bash the tins and and just have a good time with each other for for ten minutes, but that that specific game obviously a lot of uh, a lot of the staff get involved, but that that game every staff member got involved, and it just made you. Why think, even Mark Robbins? Well, you could, yeah, you could say he, he was he he doesn't really do anything like that. The gaffer he's very obviously chilled and reserved, but yeah, he, yeah, he I, I'm not going to say that he didn't get involved. And that's when you think, right, we're we're onto something here. Yeah, you can see that he believed in it, you know, at yeah. that point as well. And everyone, once you get boys and staff believing that we're going to achieve something, it's it's hard yeah. to stop as a uh, as an opposition like player and manager. Yeah, I can imagine. And obviously, the news finally came through on the 9th of June. It seemed like an absolute age waiting for that to to trickle through. Um, where were you at the time when you heard the news that we'd won the title? Uh, literally walked in my back gate after getting off my road bike after doing a session. <laughs> I literally bowled in the back gate. It was boiling hot day. I remember it. Uh, well, I'm never going to forget it now, but mm. um, I just warned Amy my message. I just said, look, because it had been going on for so long and so long, I was hearing rumours after rumours, but nothing was ever concrete. It was driving us all insane. Yeah, I can imagine. Players. And I just said to Amy, I said, just, I just want to warn you, this was a couple of weeks ago, I said, if we find out that we're champions, I'm dropping every plan that we've got right now, <laughs> driving up there. Brilliant. She, uh, she was like, right, okay, yeah. And, but she, in her mind, she says that she didn't expect it to happen so, like, so quick. Yeah. And I, I, I was on my road bike, I've been for a bike ride. Um, I just come in the back gate. She's feeding the little man outside on the patio, and uh, my phone's ringing. I've literally got my phone out of my pocket, and the front my phone's ringing. It's the gaffer, and he said, um, I, "I just answered it by saying, please tell me you've got some good news.'" <laughs> and he said, "Well, it's meant to be getting a, there's something that's meant to be happening at three o'clock. But do you, do you think you could get up here for a social distance bottle of champagne?" And I was like, right, I'll be in the show. I'll be in the car in ten minutes. I dropped, <laughs> dropped, dropped my phone, and Amy went, "What, what are you doing?" I said, "We've done it. Like it's done." She, she said, "Right, you better get, get yourself in the shower then." And within ten minutes, I was on the, I was on the motorway on the way up. And obviously, it was a little bit tricky, I guess, with the sort of social distancing and stuff. Yeah. But did you manage to have some celebrations anyway, sort of regardless? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's, it's. Um, Obviously, you can probably guess by some idiot tweeting them. Yeah, I saw a couple of tweet or two, May, that came out, yeah. Yeah, there's always one idiot in there. Yeah. But, um, you can't blame me in the state that I was going to be in after being named champion. So, um, But, yeah, it's it was obviously it's, it's very, obviously, difficult, difficult times. And 
but we, I, I look at it, and a start. I think I think it was you know, a staff member said the other the other week. He said that the chap. I know people will comment on on how we've won it and everything, but you got to look back on it that we'll probably be the only team to win it this way. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. It will never. It will probably never ever happen again. Yeah, and you've got to look at it that way, and just think: look, we we're in the history books not only for being champions, but for being champions in a in like a pandemic. It's just yeah, it's it crazy. Is, it's mad, isn't it? Um, but you you obviously can't take what we've done for over three quarters of the season. Yeah, exactly. Like we've talked but, about, like yeah, the... no, no teams had a problem with us going up as champions. I know, obviously, Dara come out and. And, and other owners come out, they didn't have a problem at all with us going up as champion mm. because of, of what we had done to teams in the league and, and where we was. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, the, the run we were on, we were, if anything, we were actually gathering momentum at that point, exactly. weren't we, rather than yeah. slowing down or anything like that. Yeah. So no one could argue that we didn't deserve it. No, exactly. Exactly. And and, and everyone is like that. And you, you receive messages from from opposition players that you've met over the years and and they all said that we we obviously deserved it so was was there any point that crossed your mind about about the sort of um the null and void that got floated about was that something that kind of concerned you at any point that was the only that was the only thing that was worrying me because if the season yeah. started again we'd have won the league um yeah. that's how we felt um as players we was we was on that sort of run i know we had to restart again but with the characters and the boys that we've got um, and how hard we work every day. We, we was, we was going to be champions. Mm. That's how we saw it. And then the points per game, every single scenario that anyone would chuck out, we was champions. Yeah. But when the null and void hasn't been taken out of the equation yet, there's always this, Oh no, mm. what's going to happen? And obviously about three weeks in that got, that got trapped out by the EFL and just said that is definitely not going to happen. And at that point then, in your mind, like me, me, Fads and Kells and the gaffer must have spoken to each other. I must have spoken to them, especially Fads, must have spoken to him five, six times a week. Mm. Because we're both pulling, he's pulling his air out, I'm pulling my air out. Um and yeah, it was just it was just one of those. It was just when when we got that news, mate. Honestly, I can't explain it to you. Yeah, the biggest biggest relief, and um, but yeah, back seven seven weeks prior, we kind of knew that we think the season's done because obviously the financial situation that would leave yeah. clubs in. So we knew that we uh, we knew, but we didn't know that we was we was going to be champions but we just wanted that confirmation and obviously that took six, seven weeks and uh, bringing it back to the uh, celebrations Matty um, I bet it was disappointing that you couldn't celebrate with the Sky Blue Army that, that's the only that's the main thing that like we're obviously gutted about because to have the, every to have the, the, all the fans an open top bus parade an absolute Mm. absolute carnage happening in the city centre. Yeah. Um, your family's there, every single family member going from your cousins to your aunties, uncles, mums, dads, wives, daughters, whoever. They'd all been there on that final mm. day and to have them on the pitch with you 
doing it that way, there's there's no better feeling. Yeah, and considering some of the hard times the Sky Blue fans have had over the last few years, it would have been it would have been sweet for us, wouldn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. Obviously, that's that we've all said it. Um, it's exactly what everyone wanted around the club, and mm-hmm. um, obviously, with with these times, we're just gutted that um, it's not it's not been able to happen. And just on the Sky Blue Army, what, what's your opinion of of the Sky Blue Army and the support they give you week in week out, Matty? Best fans in the division by a country mile. Even even going down. Um, when when you one nil down, they they get mm. me up during. That's that's what it's all about. Even after that Rotherham game, you you don't usually see fans sticking around to to give you a little clap after a, an absolute walloping away at, mm. at Rotherham, and they are the best, by far the best fans in the division. It just it, especially towards the back end of the, the the season when you're going to like Ipswich and that, and you pack it, you're selling out away away it, it didn't half make a difference it's it's amazing um especially when you've won at the end of the game you could you as players obviously we we clap and we 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 thank the fans for coming and everything mm. like that but when you're on such a run like that and you're, you're winning your top of the league you could literally you don't want to go in and hear what the gaffer's got to say after the game you just want to stay out there and, and feed on the energy it don't you? yeah it's yeah. so yeah. it's so good like and i i the lads like my all my mates down home are like what like what? What's the noise like? And I, I always say like when you go to big clubs, like when you play at the Championship or you play like, um, like big clubs in our in our league, like ourselves, Sunderland's, Portsmouth. The the noise that they like fans like that create is a completely different noise to anyone else. I can't explain it. Like when I've been at like Peterborough, Stevenage, all, all them sort of boys. That there's mm. no disrespect to them, but that's the, the noise that fans, uh, huge, huge clubs create, is like a different noise because you don't get you don't get five hundred people singing. You get three thousand five hundred people singing exactly the same song. Mm. So good, it gives you goosebumps. It's mad. Yeah, like you say, that is going to carry on to next season, and we are really excited, obviously, to be back in the championship. Um, but for yourself, obviously, testing yourself against you know championship level. It must be something you're really excited to do. Yeah, I am. Yeah, every every single player is at the club. That's what. That's what obviously you, why you get get your promotions and everything at the. Um, that, that's what. That's what you want to do. If you if you don't want to test yourself at the the, the highest level, you're in the you're in the wrong sport. And yeah. that's what we, that's what we all want to all want to do. And and uh, and are looking forward to doing that. Matty, we we could probably spend all night chatting to you about this season um, and also your journey into football. Um, it's been a complete pleasure really to, for you to share your story with our listeners. I'd just like to say on behalf of the thousands of commentary fans and obviously the Sky Blues Extra listeners that you know your contribution wearing a Sky Blue shirt this season and helped to secure championship was just massively appreciated um, and a massive congratulations to you and, and the team for getting that promotion. Thank you. I appreciate it all. Obviously, all us boys appreciate everything that that obviously you guys do, and 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 the fans. And obviously, we wouldn't have achieved what we achieved this year without um, without without you lot and the, the the Sky Blue Army behind us all. So yeah, it's um, 
it's a it's a club effort. It's not just us fan. It's not just us players and staff that have done it. Like like I've said to to newspapers, like we're, we're at the club. We feel like that we're just we're one big family now, and it's and us players and fans and staff. We're 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 all one, and and that's what probably why we've achieved what we've achieved this year. Fantastic. Listeners, don't forget to like, share and comment on our Instagram, Twitter and Facebook pages. You just need to use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please do review them on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.